Hi guys, welcome to another episode, but an extra special episode. Our first Ronnie recap, but it's kind of like the second because that's what we did last time, sort of, right? Back and better, except like now, better is questionable. Because you're sick, but we know who you are now, so I feel like we're, we can just do the pop culture thing that everybody was DMing me about, like, oh my god, she's so funny. I'm like, I know. Guys, I'm blushing. Stop. <laughs> Wait, before we like dive into all the things that I want to talk about, do you guys have the holiday drinks from Starbucks back? And do you have the same drinks that we do in the US? Oh my God. So wait, let me actually look this up. Wait, could you like hear me go click, clack, clack on my computer if I like go to search something? Maybe. Try it. It doesn't really matter. Can you hear that? Okay. Well, no. I'm going to look it up because I was just talking to someone about this the other day that Starbucks in the UK only like very recently got um, cold brew and cold foam, like within the past year. Wait, so, so but you're going to freak out about this. Um, today when I was ordering on the app, they have peppermint um, mocha cold foam. Stop. Yeah. See, we, we're not getting that. Like that's yeah. not happening in London. Tragically, I'll have to get some when I'm home, but like we just get regular old cold foam. Wait, and our weird. like our Christmas flavors, I, I would assume they're the same ones you have. We have eggnog latte, which always slays. Gingerbread latte, love. Wait, we don't Caramel. have gingerbread. You don't have gingerbread? Wait, oh, that's a good one. They replaced it with chestnut praline and sugar cookie almond milk. Okay, what about caramel waffle? No, we have caramel brulee. Oh, we have caramel waffle, which is exciting. Wait. And then praline cookie hot chocolate. That sounds really fucking good. Can you go? Wait, we'll go. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, because Ronnie, Ronnie's recaps will hit London. Also, I was thinking we could do a studio and do it live. Ah, like a like a in person, for lack of a better phrase. Wait, stop. <laughs> um. Okay. Right now we're work from home. No, we're yeah we're WFH, but we're gonna shift, but. So this Ronnie recap, like the whole concept is like all the new music that's out because Veronica, if you guys don't know this, like studying media and marketing, but like wants to do like music, PR, media, marketing, all that good stuff. So she loves music, knows a lot about it. So we're going to go through like all the albums and songs that recently came out. And then we're also going to recap like two other pop culture things that happened that were just, I I'm beside myself about both and excited to talk about both, but we'll get there. Um, but I wanted to start out and like talk about Megan Trainer and like, her whole moment that she's having right now yeah <coughs> sorry oh, no um, <laughs> like mostly okay we can cut that out um yeah Megan Trainer though um Megan Trainer. wow honestly like is it mean for me to say like a blast from the past like I no. think I kind of forgot about her it's giving 2012 like her music has always been that like I don't know how to say this without being mean, but like they play it at Disney World. Like while you're walking around, it's like playing <laughs> outside. Like, but it's good. But like that's no, it's, her vibe. it's like cute, kitschy pop music. No, but her vibe hasn't really changed. Yeah, and her vibe I feel like was big, huge, big moment in like 2012, 2014. Like that was her era. Yeah, like all about the bass. Remember when she was like rumored to be dating Charlie Puth? Yeah, that, that was weird. If you guys didn't know this, Charlie Puth went to our high school. Yeah, so, like, so hometown yeah. hero Charlie Puth was rumored to be dating Megan Trainer. But that was Happy untrue. Girlies. That was untrue, but I did. Okay, so she made it. Actually, she didn't make a TikTok. I saw somebody post about like 
an interview she did where she was talking about how she met her husband who's like a spy the spy kid boy like obviously grown up but she was Junie Cortez yes so she was saying that basically she was at a party in LA like in her early songwriter days and he had like crashed the party and she said she was never really like super bold back then like she was always trying to be like a cool girl but for some reason something possessed her to just go up to him and be like you're the spy kid and then like a few months later she was friends with like Chloe Moretz and she like mentioned to her like oh I really want a nice guy like I'm over all the mean guys and like Chloe's best friend like was the spy kid no their relationship is so cute and their kid they have a baby boy he's adorable on tiktok it's the cutest thing i've ever seen like they're thriving and the other spy kid she's married to carlos from big time rush no but i think i think they're a bit like b-tech like i'm pretty sure she like does like mlm stuff and he (laughs) is like like not a good person carlos so like, I think, like, they're, like, the spy kids we don't like, and then there's the spy kids we do, and no. Megan and Daryl are the spy kids we do. Well, the thing with Big Time Rush specifically is that, like, what happened to them? Because they were, like, on the verge of taking off. They completely didn't, but they're, like, touring again now. Yeah, well, they're back and better, and Dixie D'Amelio actually went on tour with them, which was, like, so cool for her. Um. I have so many thoughts about her, but we'll get to that later. But um, yeah, well, they had like a weird rise to stardom because they were, was it Nickelodeon? I think it was Nick that their show was on. And so their show was this weird thing. Do you remember the show Jonas with the Jonas Brothers? Yes. Yes. Where it's like they played themselves. Like they all played like Kevin, but like for kids. Exactly. And Big Time Rush was the same thing that it was like all like the background of the characters and the names of the characters were true, but then just everything about the show, like the plot lines were all fake. And so as a kid, I think I thought it was a reality show. Like I don't think I knew what a reality show was. And I was like, oh yes, these are real people. Those are their real names. Heretofore, this is reality TV. Was not. But But I think the show well, I think the show is, like, what gave them clout. So yeah. I think then the show ended, and, like, no one was super invested in them solely because of, like, music. their music. They were invested in them through the show, and music was a part of that. But so I think, yeah, when... Because if... Oh, my God. Yeah, that was the first time I saw One Direction, because One Direction was supposed to be opening for Big Time Rush. It was One Direction's first tour in America. And Big Time Rush's last tour. But it wasn't like, we didn't know it was the last tour at the time. But it was their last tour. And One Direction were just supposed to be the opening act. But there was so much overwhelming demand for One Direction. And there was like no demand for Big Time Rush that they became dual headliners. But I think One Direction is also probably a big part of the reason why Big Time Rush went bye-bye. Like, yeah. Everyone just shifted their focus, you know? It's hard to have two boy bands going on at once. Also, I was just thinking, like, One Direction was just, like, slightly better in every way. Like, they were slightly cuter. They were slightly, like, better singers. The music was slightly better. Like, so they just got beat out by someone slightly better. Yeah. And I think there was something about them that was, like, a bit more, like, obviously I was, like, a delusional 12-year-old girl. But, like, I think part of it, like, they felt, like, attainable. Even, like, on, like 
obviously I was like I'm gonna marry them <laughs> like whatever yeah. but even on like a friend level like they felt like real people whereas no, I- Big Time Rush like I think because of the show like they felt like actors yeah that makes so much sense um okay like quickly back to Megan Trainer. oh my god yes have you listened to the album like I also want to talk about this whole like Chris Olsen like guerrilla marketing of it all because like yeah it is because of tiktok that she's back no like no a hundred percent i've listened to the album i have to say like i love her she's killing it genre wise it's not really my thing yeah um but i think for like her thing she did put out a good album if that makes sense like it's not to my taste but i do think like through and through it's actually a good and well put together album also, it's but, really good TikTok music. Yeah, no, it is really good TikTok music. I, like, have the, the what's the really popular song? Yeah. It's stuck in my head as we're speaking. But I think the marketing and everything is, like, super interesting. And the Chris Olsen of it all is, like, super interesting because I love him. I love him, too. I literally always say this. He's so nice. Like, I've been mutuals with him for a while. And, like, when he followed me back on TikTok, he DM'd me on Insta because he was, like, Dude, like I got a warning when um I followed you on TikTok. Like I guess like big creators get warnings when other creators that have been like maybe like banned a lot, like when they try to follow them and like the notification he got was like, just so you know, like this content creator has been banned a lot or something. And he was like, Bro, this is what happens when someone tries to follow you. Um, and then I met him wow. in LA at VidCon. He's just so nice. But like that that I don't like I know that they knew each other before, like him and Megan, like we also like I think that that like okay I think that that's a myth like I have oh. tried to like really scour for the information and then I kind of forget about it and you know my brain moves elsewhere but she hired him you like think? a long time ago no, no no they've spoken about this like on a podcast oh she hired him to do like marketing stuff for her and then they started playing up this idea that they were old childhood friends and, like, the entire internet believes it. And I just, like, don't think it's true at all. Okay, like, I-, I think basically the commonality commonality that they have is that Megan Trainer grew up on Nantucket. And Chris Olsen would spend his summers there. So, like, maybe oh, they, like, bumped into each other once as, like, kids. But, like, they weren't childhood friends. But they've, like, pushed that narrative, which is hysterical. Like, it's so funny. Wait. It's similar to how he was, like, saying that he was, like, Abby and what's his name and, like, Poot, that he was, like, the uncle. Oh, yeah. He's, like, oh, my sister and it's Abby. No, he's, like, the gem of TikTok, I really think. He's so... Well, people now think he's running Harry Styles' nail polish company's account, Pleasing. People think he's running that, which, like, is hysterical if he is. I have seen people, like find out about it through like his walls and like his background and then there's like one video that he made recently where like that bigger nail polish thingy is like sitting in the background um on his like not Chris Olsen account but also did you see the whole thing at the concert where he was holding up the daddy sign and Harry Styles like talked about it they like put it on the jumbotron and then Harry Styles like took like several minutes out of his set when he was like talking in between songs and like was talking about the daddy sign no I like I don't know part of me wants to believe all those things are just like funny coincidences because I also like (laughs) have like this vision in my head that when it comes to the pleasing account they were like oh we need a marketing intern 
and some like fresh out of college girl rocked up in there and was like you guys like your marketing sucks and they were like she's hired and she like overturned the whole account like I think that is like a hypothetical lore is like really fun for me so I like part of me wants to believe that everything is just like coincidental but like it seems pretty obvious that it's not but so fun for Chris too because I'm like you know like you're an influencer you like know these things but that's like not like they're not like typical roles or typical jobs or paid you know situations your manager would come to you about you know it's not like your regular old brand deal so I'm like that's really cool for him that you know he gets to do this stuff that's like not really the norm I also just think like when you see like couples that like went viral for being in a couple break up a lot of times like they lose their allure as individuals because they were never like individuals on the app and like obviously Chris and Ian both were individuals on the app but everyone grouped them together and like Chris has really gracefully like went like gone in his own direction and like carved out a niche for himself on the internet that people like I don't even think think about Ian anymore yeah well like I can't even imagine how hard that would have been because I remember everybody when they first broke up being like oh can't wait to see like who I get in the divorce as if like yeah you were only gonna be able to still follow one like I I mean I don't even know so like I think like it's awesome that he's been able to really like pivot his platform into something that's really you know just about him it's so unique and I feel like more artists are gonna keep doing this like it was also genius of Megan Trainer. like we got to give her that oh yeah use him whoever like came up with that No, well, she, like, again, like, I tried to dig for some information and then kind of gave up, but to my knowledge, she, like, sought him out and hired him, because she was like, I need to, you know, switch up my marketing, and it was awesome, but wait, have you seen the music video? (laughs) Wait, is it the one with Jojo Siwa? The one with all the TikTokers, which I think that part about it is so fun, but yeah. every time a clip of it comes up on my For You page, I run to the comments because I'm hoping somebody will be talking about the product placement. What What is placed in it? Oh, my God. Well, you know what product placement is as a com- as like Yeah, a- like when like brands pl- pay for their product to be placed in like a television show. You like- need to rewatch the video because like every second there's something like there's this like makeup company I don't know what company it is but it's like a blush or something and then I think smart sweets like you know those like low calorie like gummy bears yeah I'm pretty sure they're in it as well that's so random (laughs) every other scene is just like a kind of weird product shot and I'm like listen Megan Trainor like get the bag like I mean no disrespect but it's just a bit jarring to see in like a music video format like I yeah it's like I've never seen that before and I always think everyone else is going to be talking about it and interested in it because I'm interested in it yeah and no one is I run to the comments no one's and no one's it. saying anything that's so weird but it I, is like the smart suites also like were like triggering for me so I think maybe that's why I'm like reading into it too yeah, much. I want to see that shit also like Megan Trainer, I watched another interview of her and she was saying that like before like literally since 2012 to like now she could like go to the grocery store and like go to Target and like nobody would know who she was and now all of a sudden she's like famous again yeah and that's interesting right because it's like okay 
you're a singer, right? And you want to make music and you want to do this thing, but you've kind of carved out this life where like, you're kind of famous and you can make money, but your day-to-day life is not impacted. And it's like, to take it to the next level, you almost have to be okay with that happening. Yeah. You have to say, you know what, fine. Like, Because yeah. like, obviously, like, when she was thinking about like, oh, I want my album to blow up. Like I want it to blow up. I want to be like back on the main stage. She probably didn't consider it happening because nobody's just like, oh, so when it happens, what's that going to look like? Like it was just a trial run. So then like, she's probably kind of like, wow, I did not remember like what this felt like. Oh yeah. No. And also like 2012 to now, the landscape of like being famous is so different. Are you kidding me? Like. We didn't have TikTok, you know, like, (laughs) I was about to say the worst we had was Stalker Sarah, but I don't even know if you know who that is. No, who is that? (laughs) Oh my God, Stalker Sarah, literally, uh, Eli, it's such a shamey word on Tumblr, but basically (laughs) Stalker Sarah was this girl, like, I don't even really remember, like, the lore too well, but she was this girl who would literally just, like, stalk celebrities, like, around the country. No. Yeah, like, you know when, like, like a famous person comes out of a hotel and, like, their fans are there waiting? And I'm always yeah. like, wait, how did people know where they were staying? Yeah, it's such she was, like, one of those people, but it was, like, everywhere that that famous, any famous person was. And, like, all around the country. I'm gonna, like, look up, like, who she met. That's, like, fucking weird. To, like... No, like... Like, I don't know. Like, can you imagine, like, that's your life? No, okay, literally, The Cut wrote an article in 2013, and it's titled How Stalker Sarah, 17, Takes Thousands of Selfies Wait, with Stars. No, 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 I like, just- She up. has met everyone. She's so Tumblr core in the Cut article's, like, photo, like, the main photo of the article, like, the bangs and the hair and the glasses and, like, even the makeup and the Superman t-shirt, like, she no, literally- No, everything. Wait, like- No, like- she was everywhere all at once meeting everybody wait no i'm so dead (laughs) this is a direct quote from stalker sarah i go to events now and i'll just get absolutely swarmed she tells me i'll sign hundreds of autographs and take hundreds of pictures miley cyrus said one time when they touch you they feel like they've touched justin they feel like they've touched one direction meeting you is like an indirect way to meet their idols Wait, like, no one gave a fuck about Stalker Sarah. Like, she made that up, first of all. <laughs> Miley Cyrus, there's no fucking way Miley Cyrus said that to her. Like, le- no, like not, be fucking like, for real, Stalker Sarah. Miley like, Cyrus never said those words to you. Like, there are, like, I don't know, like, you've met famous people. Like, I don't feel like because I know you, I've met that person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, and even at the time, like, people were definitely, like, jealous of Stalker Sarah. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, obviously, like, every other day she's posting pictures with like the most famous people of the time of the moment and you're like oh my god stalker sarah like i kind of want to be you but people even then could like acknowledge that like her tactics were a little bit mm, not muddy like they weren't good (laughs) okay on that note let's talk about carly ray jepsen who i feel like is really getting this like i feel like she's really getting the short end of the stick because of the TikTok of it all with Megan Trainor and then just like Megan Trainor and then just Taylor Swift being Taylor Swift. Yeah. No, it is it is hard, but I will say Carly Rae Jepsen does have a very very like almost like cult-like following. Yeah. She has a very loyal fan base and her album is like doing well and I really enjoyed it. But I do 
I do have questions because all the labels, like they talk to each other. You know what I mean? Like when your label's like, okay, we're thinking this day for your album, they can yeah. find out who else is releasing on that day. So to me, it is just a bit crazy that the three of them released on the same day. But um, yeah, I, I'm really liking her new album. I didn't know, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know when like one ice cream shop opens and then they put another one like literally two doors down because like it breeds competition, which breeds success. Is it a similar thing to that wherein like all eyes were on New Music Friday, all eyes were on music dropping and so like naturally the conversation started like oh why would Megan and Carly release on the same day and then in turn that like made people want to listen because I feel like if they had just dropped specifically Carly Rae because I really like her but I didn't like say I wouldn't have said I was a fan until this album I don't know if I would have gone out of my way to listen to the album if it had not dropped on the same day as Taylor Swift so that the conversation then became why did she drop her album on the same day of Taylor Swift no, I think 100% there's definitely an element of that. And also, if you're concerned, I was saying this to a friend a couple of days ago, but like if you're worried about like the pressure of having a number one album or a number one single, you might as well release on the same day as Taylor Swift. You know, because then you can comfortably land at number two. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you like, it's, it, she's, Taylor Swift is such a big artist and such a big, thing you know like she's Taylor Swift TM that it's like it's impossible to put an album out the same day as her and beat her like it's just not gonna happen so I think on some level too it's probably like oh hey well now I don't have to worry about number one because it's like not even a question that's actually such a good point we I'm looking at like the billboard albums not like the songs because I know Taylor Swift like took over all the songs but they're not on the top like 20. Okay, Megan Trainer's number 16 and Carly Rae's number 19. So they both like made the top 20 in albums. Yeah, like good for them. But also but, it's not these some of these albums like Harry's House is like above them and so is Renaissance. Well, like, yeah, because you need to look at like the new release charts as opposed to oh. like Yeah, cuz you can see the rankings of the new releases. Oh. I was also looking at um like the Billboard um international charts and seeing like how Taylor Swift's songs charted, like which songs like different countries liked. It was interesting. It's always so, so, so interesting. But Um, do you know that when Spotify put out, um, do you remember like as part of the Midnight's promo, they put out a thing and it was like the cities that listen to Taylor Swift the most. Yeah. London was number one. I was like, hey. Really? What was number two? I think, I think Sao Paulo or maybe New York. That's so interesting. Um, But yeah, back to Carly Rae. I really like like the disco poppiness of it that I feel like, I don't know. Yeah, I was like, when she was doing promo, I was getting very worried. I'm about to say something controversial, but I was getting very worried that it was going to be her solar power era. Oh. And I was. You know what? Solar power just. I wasn't excited. It was for me, though. Solar power was not for me. Like, listen, I. Are you a melodrama girl? Yeah, I'm honestly pure heroine as well. Like, just like, Solar Power didn't do it for me. So I was worried that that's what was happening with Carly Rae. Like, I was like, oh no, like I could feel it. But it didn't, it didn't happen. Yeah. One thing about um, 
both Megan Trainor and Carly Rae's albums is that I don't like the cover art on either. Megan's is like distracting to my eyes and Carly Rae's looks like Thanksgiving. You have like such an issue with Thanksgiving that like I seriously think you need to unpack like personally. I hate the food. It like grosses me out. But like it does look like Thanksgiving and like I do hear you on that. I just don't like the album like I also have another thought about what it looks like, but I don't want to say that out loud because I don't want people to think I like this person. Okay, well, yeah, I don't know. The cover art for both just, like, isn't my favorite. Yeah. I mean, also, like, the Midnight's cover art, like, people didn't really love, which... Well, wait, let's just, like, move on to that because what I want to do is I want to, like, talk about it holistically and then I want to go through, like, each of our, like, top five but okay. it's on the 3 a.m. edition because, like, obviously. Oh, but yeah, obviously. I kind of don't hate the Midnight's cover art. Like, I think – No, I don't either. Art. But there was a lot of um, talk online where everyone was like, it looks like a back cover, you know, like a CD back cover. Oh, yeah. Because it has, like, the track list. And I was like, listen, Taylor Swift knows better than us. She That's does. True. Like, it's – like, people always say when Taylor Swift releases an album, like – you don't know if you like a song. Like, Taylor Swift will tell you if you like a song. That's so true. Like, she just knows better than us. So I, like, always have faith. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not worried. Like, yeah. the album looks great. Like, what so, do I know? <laughs> like, I agree. Also, I did this thing where I put each of – I, like, went through each album, and then I, like, in one playlist put, like, my favorite songs from each album. And then I, like, counted to see, like, how many from each album were in each and my tops so reputation and lover both have s- Re- okay lover has like eight reputation has like six and then um midnight's has eight so i feel like i am like i am so like that era of taylor swift like i yeah and evermore is fine for me but i just like i was never big into either i like evermore better than folklore i think i i don't know i think taylor swift like we're connected on some level i don't know what it is but she comes for me at the times when I need her. Like, even, yeah. like, like Fearless Taylor's version and Red Taylor's version, like, those dropped when I needed them, too. So, like, Folklore and Evermore, like, while they not might not be my two most favorite albums of hers, like, I needed them. You know? They came, they came at the right time. Yeah, I also think because she's been writing for so long, like, at, and she's, like, slightly older than us, like different songs will resonate with me as I experience like different life things yeah no like yeah as you like progress you're like oh okay I get that song that I didn't five years ago like that makes a lot of sense to me yeah because I remember that false god and afterglow were like skips for me and then like one day I was false god was a skip for you it was just a skip and you know what so many other so many people say like they've never even heard that song like I saw someone say that and now oh I just God. think it's the best two on the Lover album. We, another controversial statement, going to be brave again. I feel that way about One Direction. <laughs> Obviously, I loved One Direction so much when I was a kid. But, like, I didn't get what they were talking about. You know what I mean? And like- now that I'm, like, older, like, the past couple of years, I've been like, oh, shit. Like, That's what they meant. Like, this song wasn't just a bop. Like, this song actually, like hit me where it hurts and like I didn't get that when I was 13 yeah okay so before we do midnights like just so we get your Taylor Swift palette since I just said what mine is like I would say my rankings of the albums 
it's hard, but like without Midnight's, I would say it's like Lover, Reputation, 1989, Red, Speak Now, Fearless, Debut, Folklore, Evermore. Like without Midnight's, that's what I would say is mine. But what's yours? Just so that we get a taste. I don't think I could like rank them in terms of like one, two, three, four, five. Like I'm not in order, but I could say like my tops and like my lesser tops. Like... Because I love them all, but I think, like, what I find myself consistently going back to is Red, Reputation, 1989, and Speak Now. Okay. I have heard so many people say 1989 is her flop era, and I'm disturbed by that statement. Who, Eli? You, whoever the fuck said that? No. It's on fucking TikTok, but, like, I'm No, No, sorry, Eli, that's a... Click, not interested. Not interested. <laughs> my favorite Taylor Swift songs are Style and Out of the Woods. Oh my god. Clean. Style? From the 1989 deluxe version. Wait. Oof. Also, that's the whole like Haler vehicular homicide theory, right? Yeah. I also think that's... So I was like a big Taylor Swift fan when I was younger. And then I went through like a phase of like a bit of like internalized misogyny. And then I came back out of it. And I'm once again a massive Taylor Swift fan. But when I was in the phase where I was like... Eh, like I'll be a hater I just stuck my tongue out and I realized this is not recording my face um <laughs> but I like when I was like oh I'll be a hater like then I found out I was like didn't get into Michigan boo and I was moving to New York and so I started listening to welcome to New York every day just to, like, like hype myself up about the decision <laughs> and that's when I was like okay Taylor like you're re-entering my life like I love you Wait, can you, for those of us who don't know, like explain the vehicular homicide theory before we get into Midnight's? Oh my god. Okay. So people just like have put together the lyrics in like Getaway Car, um, Out of the Woods, some of her other songs and also some things Harry Styles has written and done and ways they've been pictured together. And there's basically this theory that I thought most people like jokingly just spread around, but I just found out that some people actually believe no, this. People are dead ass about this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people think that basically they went on this ski trip and then like Harry Styles had to get stitches. So like the normal connection would be that like he needed stitches because he hurt himself skiing. Yeah. But people believe that while on that ski trip, they um, did commit vehicular manslaughter and it was a hit and run. They left the scene. So someone out there in the world is dead, murdered by my pseudo parents. Tell <laughs> it just like doesn't make any sense. But that's the kind of conspiracy- no. But it also like makes total sense. Like if you, <laughs> why do I feel like you read that like on like a rogue Tumblr thread and you were like, no, 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 no yeah, for sure, in like 2016. No, I probably did. I probably definitely did. And by probably, I mean, no, I did. I definitely did. You actually, you made it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm patient zero. Like, yeah. Um, Okay. So for Midnight's, um, what are your like overall thoughts? Like how, what do you feel about it? Like, what are your thoughts? Oh my God. Okay. So when I listen to it, so it comes out 5 a.m. London time. Yeah. So I didn't, I was like, I'm not staying up because I need fresh brain for it, right? Like, I wasn't going to do this on a no sleep head. Like, that wasn't going to work for me. Yeah. So I went to bed, woke up normally. My friend Christina was staying with me. And so she's also a Taylor Swift fan. I was like, we're going to listen together. 
she was definitely annoyed with me halfway through the listen, but whatever. Um, so we wake up, we make our coffees, we sit down, we press play, and I heard the opening four seconds of Lavender Haze, and I paused, and I said, this is her best album. No, like, I literally was the same way. Like, yeah. I knew that it was going to be my favorite. I knew it was her best album. Like, I didn't, I was so fucking ready, and like, I had listened to it like three times before I like decided that it was her best and that it was my favorite, but I had such a feeling. No, I knew from literally four seconds in that it was her best album. And I think it is. I think it's amazing. I love her. I love it. Um, there's only one song I don't like. We'll get there. Um, and not even that I don't like, but that I just, uh, whatever. But I was so excited. And then the 3 a.m. version had also already come out because, again, that would have happened at 8 in the morning London time, so it was after I had already woken up. So I got to listen to it straight through. Didn't have to wait for that. It was amazing. I loved it. And then we listened to it straight through. Then we left the house, and I was like, no phone. Like, I can't look at my phone because I didn't want to see what people were saying online. Then I came back, listened to it again, and that's when I picked favorites or said, yeah. you know, like, this is what I'm feeling so far. Yeah. And, oh, my God, it was just such an amazing experience. It was really such a good release day. It no, was amazing. So good. Okay, so maybe we should just go, like, song by song and say, like, if we loved or if we, like, like or if, like, we don't like and, like, give a quick reason. Yeah, it's, like, slay, okay, or oy vey. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay, Lavender Haze. Oh, Slay. Such a Slay. Such a Slay. Also, like, though, I did think – I have been thinking about that one. And um, whenever she's, like, talking about how, like, people only see her as a wife or a one-night stand, I'm like, do they? No, like – I was just thinking about like, – This is why, like, we'll get into this more, like, once we've, like, gone through all the songs, but – for me, like a lot of the critique that I saw is basically that people don't like that it's like a glitter gel pen pop album because they're like, after she showed us this lyricism and folklore, and I'm like, you can have really interesting writing to a pop beat. Wait, a yeah. song doesn't need to be sad for you to be making really astute points about society and gender and the world and carving out beautiful metaphors just because something's fun and poppy sounding doesn't mean that it's not poetic and like that critique did bother me a bit because I think that plays into that whole like you know like the whole idea of like the word basic is just like hating on things that like girls like Like, hating on things that girls make popular and like I I think that was like what a lot of people were saying about this album is they were like oh like ridiculous because I think the lyricism is beautiful like which we'll get into further down like with different songs but also like that's how I feel about astrology and like people just hate astrology I'm like you're okay squash feminine joy next time yeah I'm like okay no but even this I'm like she's like it it, it's just so weird to me like also it's so obvious like who became a fan during folklore because it's like this album is way more aligned with the rest of Taylor Swift's disc discography than like folklore and evermore are yeah i agree okay maroon slay 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 i really like i really like the bridge when she's like that's a real fucking legacy and then it like go, it's like the like chorus is like lower or like it's either no. i love that part 
Sorry, I can't wait to be screaming that from the top of my lungs on the Eras tour. No, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, anti-hero. Slay. I think Slay. Okay, so I, I'm going to say Slay, but it's not in my tops. Like, my top five. Okay, is- for me, I was Slay, and then I was okay, but now I'm back to Slay because I saw that video Penn Badgley made. Um, yeah. Where he's doing, like, the, it's me. Yeah. Hi. And so, now I just think of that all the time and I'm like, wait, camp. Okay, love it, Slay. I She's do back. like I love the it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me from like a TikTok soundbite perspective. But like for listening as like I'm on my walk, I'm not sure if it's my favorite one. Does that make sense? Oh no, for me it like puts like like a little fire under my ass while I'm strutting okay. down the street, you know? Yeah, got it. Okay. Snow on the beach. Okay. I'm a slay. I don't know why. I, okay, so I saw something that People were talking about this. They were like, I am so over the criticism that Lana Del Rey isn't in the song because any fucking sane person would understand that Lana Del Rey co-wrote the song. She's not, like, supposed to be singing. Yeah, she, she just does it. backing vocals. I co-wrote it. Or she wrote most I could be it. convinced, like, either way on that ar- uh, argument. Like, I see both sides of it. I think people are only making that argument because for a long time, Taylor Swift historically – when she had songs that were featuring a female artist, they would only be backing vocals. And when she had songs that were featuring a male artist, they'd get their own verse, you know, and they'd do at the chorus and stuff. So I think people are coming from this like historical perspective where they're like, well, why does this always happen? Yeah. Um, you know, it's the same thing as like nobody, no crime. Uh, but so- yeah, like she, she has a history of when it's like featuring a female artist that they don't really get their own verse but like also we're we're not in the studio right like we're not in the rooms like we're not making these decisions so I think it's like kind of hard as an outsider to just really kind of make that broad commentary on it yeah so I get like where people are coming from but I'm also like Lana Del Rey is a big girl like if she wanted a verse she would have said, give me a verse. Or she would have said, don't put my name on it. Just put my name in the songwriting credits. You know, don't yeah. put my name in the title featuring Lana Del Rey. So I'm I'm not too pressed about it. But okay. for me, it's just, it's okay. Okay. The, I just can't get past weird but fucking beautiful. Like, I don't know why <laughs> that line, like, sends me. I Okay, I think it just reminds me of, like, the beach at wintertime, which is such a niche thing. Yeah. That, like, a lot of people probably don't resonate with that same vibe um okay you're on your own kid such a sleigh oh big fat sleigh one of my favorites top three i love the bridge The bridge. oh the my bridge. god we also so was so taylor Swift was liking tiktoks about um when people were like oh my god the bridge of you're on your own kid is every era and she was liking tiktoks about that before announcing the tour yeah which is also crazy because taylor swift has never really ever like confirmed or denied if people's um perception of her lyrics or their interpretation of her lyrics is right or wrong so that was like crazy even before I knew that tour was happening and stuff I was like whoa like Taylor's letting people know they got it right which is like really interesting yeah um but then it was so exciting because I was like oh tour slay but I love that song it's one of my favorites yeah I think it's one of the best okay um midnight rain slay slay I agree I have nothing really to say about it I like how people are like um how people are like using their favorite like fictional characters to talk about like 
who's the midnight rain and who's like the sunshine or whatever it is. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, yeah. People like, on Twitter all the time. It's really cute. Okay, vigilante shit. Uh, you forgot question. Oh, shit. Question. <laughs> question is a sleigh for me. It's a sleigh for me too. I really like it. I think I love the lyrics. Like, did you ever have someone kiss you in a crowded room? Blah blah blah. blah I blah. also love the kind of like rhetorical question aspect of like, oh, did you? Did you leave her house in the middle of the night? Did you? Did you like, wish you put up more of a fight? Like, I like that. Like, okay, Sassy Taylor. I agree. Um, who do you think it's about? Oh my god, I don't really play into that stuff normally because unless songs are so obviously like explicitly about someone, like, you know, Dear John, I yeah. typically don't play into it because I like the way in which I can apply Taylor Swift to my own life. Yeah. And if I associate a song too much with like her life, then I kind of feel like I lose the ability to do that. Yeah. So I try and like avoid that really. Got it. Okay. Next. Vigilante shit. This is an okay for me. I agree. Listen, I saw so many people being like, people are complaining about Taylor Swift being a cringe millennial. Like she is a cringe millennial. That's why we love her. I totally agree with that sentiment. I do not like draw the cat eyes sharp enough to kill a man. Oh, funnily enough, I really like that line. <laughs> um, but again, I'm just like, I'm not dressing for revenge. Like, I'm dressing to, like, sit on my couch. I'm dressing so, like, like a librarian. It just, like, doesn't hit that hard for me. No. But no. I like the song. But it's just, it's, I mean, I love every song on the album. So, like, when it's, like, Slay, Okay, or Oy Bay, it's, like, they're all still, like, top songs for me in terms of, like, the rest of the music I listen to. Yeah. Agree. Okay. Bejeweled. Slay. I love it. It's my top three as well. The I bejeweled love- strut. Bejeweled strut is internet breaking material. No, it's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah, I have nothing else to say about that. I love it. I loved the music video. I heard people think because apparently once when Taylor Swift turned down the Super Bowl, she said she would never do it until all of her re-records were done. She would never perform live until all of her re-records were done. So part of me wonders if she's going to um, put out like all the rest of the re-records before the. I like need someone to like confirm or deny that theory soon because it's honestly keeping me up at night. And I don't know if I'm like prepared for all of that. Yeah. Like, cause think about how fast it would have to come out. Like we are not going to get the time to sit with these albums. So it gives me anxiety, but I mean, she knows best. It's like I said earlier, like, we don't know what we need. Taylor knows what we need, exactly. so. Okay, Labyrinth. This is my one and only Oyve. My Oyve, too. I, ju- I just. I, first of all, I couldn't even tell you what this song sounds like. I have to be honest with you. Should we listen? All I can think is Labyrinth. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's it. all I know. I don't like, like it. I don't know a single other word. Like, I, I got nothing. Yeah. Okay. Karma. Obviously. Slay. Obviously. Obviously. I think that was the song that everyone listened to and like was like, it's karma. It was like the first one to go viral on TikTok. This was also though, I was saying this when I first listened, is that I love the way she wrote this song because everyone like had this big hype about karma because remember everyone thought it was like, oh, I don't know if you just heard the beep beep outside my window. Um, But yeah, everyone thought karma was the album she was like her lost album. Like she was supposed to release it after... 1989 yada yada whatever and so everyone thought it was going to be this really like revenge driven album and then 
when she announced doing like Midnight's Mayhem and she announced the track list and everyone heard about Karma. Everyone thought it was going to be, I don't know, but I'm really happy that she like focused on the positive side of Karma because Karma's not only like if you do bad things, bad things will come back to you, but it's also like if you do good things, good yeah. things will come back to you. So I like that she's focusing on the positive side of, of Karma because I think like. I don't know. I think that that's like a really good way to look at it. I agree. And I so I, also, I love it even more. Also, when people are like, I I don't know if I'm correct in this because I'm not like a lyric interpreter, but people are saying like, karma is my boyfriend. They're interpreting that to mean like karma is Joe Alwyn. Like that's her good karma. But I think what she's saying as karma is my boyfriend is like, I date karma. Like I would be romantically involved with karma. No, babes. I love karma so much. That's, that's like, that's like giving like, forever 21 tacos are my best friends like kind of t-shirt like she's definitely saying karma is my boyfriend in the sense that like my good karma came back to me in terms of my boyfriend it's the same thing with karma is a cat she's saying like karma are karma is my cat in my lap that loves me like I have good things in my life because I put good out into the world Okay, I can see it, but I think sometimes her lyrics are tacos, like, are my favorite food t-shirts, in a good way. Tacos <laughs> are my favorite foods. Okay, sweet nothing. Oh, um, okay. I love it, but it's... I think maybe you love it because you're in love. Also, um... <laughs> maybe I'll, I'm just jaded. I'll write a poem, you'll say what of mine, this happens all the time, is, like, my favorite lyrics on the album. So, yeah, because that's, like, your life. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, like, really, like, love the song, but that part. Okay, Mastermind. Oh, Slay. Slay. The downbeat of the, what if I told you none of it? That whole part is so good. Yeah, and also, like, I do that all the time. It's how you and I became friends. <laughs> no, exactly. You are her muse. Um, The you. Great War is fucking slept on. Like, nobody's talking about how good no, it is. No, true. Mm. There's this Welsh TikToker I follow who is. I'll send you some stuff. But that song slays. Slays. Okay. Bigger than the whole sky. Slays. But like, I honestly can't listen to it too much because it's a little too um, sad for me. Yeah. Well, do you think that that's what it's about? Well, it's just about, oh, are you talking about the whole miscarriage thing? Yeah. I mean, I, for one second, have never even let my brain go there because it's none of my fucking business. I think it's so, I'm so happy for women who have been through that and, like, have been able to, like, find, like, some sort of healing through this song. Like, that's amazing. But my brain has never gone to the place where it's like, oh, this is about Taylor Swift personally having a miscarriage. Like, I think all of that is so fucking strange. Yeah. Um. I also think, and, like, for me, people are like, well, they're, like, interpreting the lyrics, like, there's nothing else it can be about. And I'm like, I kind of disagree because I think that you can sing about um, – um, sorry, my brain just, like, went away. Um, Could have been, would have been, should have been you. Like, she's saying, like, someone she didn't meet, maybe she had, like, romanticized someone in her head and then they, like, didn't turn out the way she expected. So she never got to, like, meet the version of them she wanted them to be. Like, that was kind of where my brain went. <laughs> Yeah, well, also, like, she had a friend who died, like, yeah. when she was quite young. Um, and I've, you know, I've experienced that, uh, like, friend or, like, peer death, which is, it's a really horrifying experience. And so, for me, that's why I really can't listen to the song too much, because 
for me, that's the obvious um, kind of connection or that's the obvious conclusion about what the song is about. So for me, that's kind of what I assumed because I know that she's had that experience. But yeah, I think it's a weird, I, I mean, listen, everyone has forms of loss in their life. Yeah. You know, like she could be speaking from a metaphorical perspective, but who like who knows it's none of our business like totally agree you know yeah okay Paris another one that I think you slept on oh my god you know that this is my biggest lay yeah no I I I felt like it is you in a song no literally I was playing it and Christina said the same thing to me she was like this is you I was like wow guys like but also I saw a TikTok that said it sounded like your friend calling you on FaceTime, like the first verse. And I was like, that is so you. Also, like, I think I used to be like sad girl. And now I'm like, let's just have fun and dance. Yeah, so, no, you like, really are. <laughs> I um, think that's like where it's really gotten me. Yeah. Okay. Hi, infidelity. This is an okay for me. This is such an okay for me. I just have no feelings about it. I don't know. Okay, glitch. Another okay, but I, I agree. Apparently, like everyone loves this song, so I I don't know. Maybe I need to start listening to it more because maybe we're in the wrong. I don't know. I kind of feel like glitch might be my false god of this album. Where like I, I also be- think like we'll come back to this list in like six months or a year and like be like, wait, what? You're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> we were so wrong. So for now, it's an okay, but who knows? Okay, what if could have should have. But, but okay, also I, like ooh, hurts it I have a hurts. question for you so obviously this song is about John Mayer but I was listening or like I was just like watching an argument go down between people who like can't decide if John Mayer took her virginity or Jake Gyllenhaal and in my brain John Mayer like didn't take her virginity he just like led her on made out with her sort of dated her never made it official strung her along sort of like groomed her in a way and Jake Gyllenhaal took her virginity that's my take on it okay I mean again like another thing that I don't love to speculate on but if I for the sake of this conversation I'm going to um let's just be honest with ourselves I don't think a 31 year old John Mayer was dating a 19 year old Taylor Swift for makeout sessions I don't I don't see that happening um it's you know the unfortunate truth of like men and the world we live in like I just don't I don't think that that happened um it could have I mean who again who knows I don't know but I think if you like if we're gonna like make a case of it and look at the evidence um the only evidence on Jake Gyllenhaal's side I guess of the argument would be the scarf yeah and we have no there's no reference to sort what of. that even means it could be a real scarf it could be a metaphorical scarf and the scarf if it's a metaphorical scarf it could represent anything like we have no idea but taylor swift in what have could have should have specifically says like give me back my girlhood which yeah. i think through what we've seen in other literature and stuff like oftentimes like you're a woman now can be representative of losing your virginity so yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Again, it's not something I love to speculate on because I'm like, at the end of the day, that's her business. Yeah. But I'm also curious um, what you think about the scarf because didn't Maggie Gyllenhaal say that she still had the scarf? Or like she seen the scarf? There was like, like a whole, there was a whole thing where someone like very famous was like, give that girl back her scarf. 
And yeah. then I think she like got it back or something. But again, like I think the scarf was a metaphor for something probably. I doubt like multimillionaire Taylor Swift like actually cared about a scarf. Um, she is our capitalist queen and she could have replaced it. So for me, it's like obviously a metaphor. You know, the scarf is representative of something that she left with him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think like, relationships at that time especially two relationships back to back both with significantly older men like who knows and like I just feel for like young Taylor like that shit like also the song like it really destroys me I think it's so good oh yeah I listen to it in the shower and I put it on loop and then I like cry a lot (laughs) Um, that's the vibe okay and dear reader this is an okay for me I agree. I don't really like it, honestly. It that one in Labyrinth are my two. I think I think it's like the songs that require like a little more brain power. Dear Reader strikes me as like one of those, and yeah. I'm like I just haven't devoted the brain power to it yet. So like if I do, opinions will probably change. But like, that's why I love like Paris. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like we were in Paris. Like it's easy and it's fun and like I think for right now that's what I need in my life. So when I have a moment to really dive into Dear Reader, I will. Yeah. Well, okay. So we've talked about like the most established musical artist of our time. What about Charlie D'Amelio and her like new music career? And honestly, like this shocked me because I thought that Dancing with the Stars, like she looks so fucking good. She is so fucking good. Like I kind of thought that she was like dipping back into her dancer thing. And like, I didn't know that th- I didn't feel this coming, this music career. <coughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you watch the D'Amelio show? I watched the first season. I haven't watched the second season okay. yet. So spoiler warning, spoiler warning. Anyone listening, if you haven't watched the second season, I'm about to spoil it. But Eli, <laughs> Um they basically like go through the whole process of her like talking about wanting to get into music and her whole family keeps it a secret from Dixie. No way. No, Eli, it's bad. Like it's bad. That's mean. No, it's really mean. I feel horrible for Dixie, especially when they literally, the rest of the family, like Charlie and her parents outright say that music was something that not only Dixie loved, but it was something she felt like she had to do in order to separate herself from Charlie, to get people to see her as her own person. Yeah. So they know exactly how much it means to her. What the fuck? So, I mean, like, it felt like betrayal. Like, I don't even know. I mean, okay. And also to like literally betray your sister to put out like the most flop song I've ever heard. Like kind of (laughs) fucked. Okay. First of all, okay. I have several thoughts. My first thought is like it's reality TV. So like low key grain of salt. Like maybe that beef was like conjured up. But then when I take a step back and think about it, if I was Dixie, I'd be upset. Like nonetheless, even if like. It it does seem though like Dixie's reaction like, I watched her on that, like, hospital TV, YouTube short show she was on. I don't think she could have acted this. Like, she seems, like, very hurt by it and very upset. And I don't I don't know if she has the, the acting chops to portray that. Yeah, also, I think that, like, Dixie's songs are good. I like them. 
She's like, she, oh, not only are they good, but it's what I was saying to you earlier that she toured with Big Time Rush. All the clips of her singing on that tour, she's killing it. She sounds great. So, I don't know. It just feels a little selfish on Charlie D'Amelio's part. Like, you're very famous. You don't need this. It kind of and the song is like not good, and the music video literally. Maybe it's because I'm not like 18 years old, but the music video, I was like, what? Yeah, no, I didn't watch the music video, but I did listen to the song, and I'm wondering, like, remember in the early days of like Kim Kardashian and like the Jenners, like when Kylie and Kendall were just like trying to figure out what their thing was, like what their business venture would be. So they like released songs and like wrote a book, and like they had like like they had like fragrances and like kkw beauty and they tried so many different things before they settled on the like poosh good american skims kylie cosmetics 818 of it all like it kind of took them a while i'm curious if like they're on that trajectory wait hold on i'm gonna go walk and get my tea (coughs) oh i'm dying ah i'm beeped okay no yeah i I wonder the same, and I wonder if it's going to be, like, this was, like, a one-off thing that she tried. But, like, if if it was a one-off thing that she tried and realized she didn't like, like, then why would she publish the song, you know? Yeah, you're right. I don't know. It does seem very strange. I'm, I've always been a big fan of those two, so, like, I hope that it can be remedied. No, me too. And, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just feel so bad for Dixie. Like... For so many reasons. Like, it really, like, if Charlie was my sister and that was happening, I would, I would not be nice. Like, I'll, we can leave it at that. I wouldn't be nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I, what we really need is Addison Ray's um, unreleased singles. No, we need Charlie D'Amelio to go to the Addison Ray School of Pop because Addison is sleeping on some fire tracks that we need. She's hoarding them. She we also need them. is the moment. Like, she no, is. Her dress is Gaga for Halloween. Are you kidding it was me? so fucking good. I was gagged. It was incredible. No, she really is an it girl, I think. No, and like, drop the music, sweetheart. Drop it. No, we need it. Everybody wants it. To die for? Are you kidding me? I need that song like yesterday. <laughs> to die for? <laughs> no, the best part is like, this uh uh sex i'm like what does that even mean i'm like drop it though i would listen no i need it i need Um, it okay so switching gears from our music we need to talk about the glee tea podcast and oh my god where we need to begin is that i made a tiktok that was like kind of in good fun and kind of a joke but like actually not a joke being like if i had to choose two people that like probably would literally for free do a podcast spilling tea and like talking about glee like it would be Kevin and Jenna. Like, I cannot picture, like, Chris Culver, Heather Morris, like, Leah Michelle, like, literally Matthew Morrison, any of them, like, agree- wanting to do that. Like, wanting to talk about it, wanting to relive. Like, I really, like, in my brain, I just see them being like, oh, my God. Like, it's, like, the best day of their life. And then I had a commenter being, like, yelling at me for saying that and being like, they have no malicious intent. Like, they just want to describe, like, what happened behind the scenes. Like, it's unfair to say that they would want to do that. I'm like, that's actually not at all because Kevin literally was like, I'm not seeing funny girl. Like, I don't want to see her. Like, he loves the drama. Like, I'm sorry. 
no but I like first of all you know I'm a Tina Cohen Chang apologist like yeah she is my favorite Glee character so like this whole thing going down I I love it like I love Jenna I love Kevin I'm excited for it and it does seem like they're gonna be sharing like a little tea but also like I don't know the first podcast I loved first of all Ryan Murphy like he's in his apologist era (laughs) but also he's obviously like so knowledgeable oh yeah you know that it was like so interesting to hear him speak also just the whole part of like it really was that there's a two sides to every story moment like when they were like we literally felt abandoned by you and he was like I was literally building this whole thing from the ground up like behind the scenes yeah like I I think my most interesting takeaway is that like they all came to this like they might have had experience but like they were all pretty much new to the tv world and new to this level of fame and Ryan Murphy had already been in the industry for a bit so he kind of knows what's up they all don't yeah but he knows what's going on and they don't so I think like it was interesting to hear from both of those perspectives about the early days because for you know Kevin and Jenna like as the cast it's like everything is new to them and everything's exciting and they're stressed but they also like don't even know if they should be stressed meanwhile Ryan Murphy understands every single thing from every step of the way so every single review that comes out and every single call with an exec that happens he like knows the implications of everything so he's obviously under a different level of stress just because you know ignorance is bliss in that sense that he knows enough to know he needs to be stressed yeah also my favorite takeaway was when they were talking about how like they grew so popular that like Lady Gaga's like team called and was like here's the Born This Way album like no literally literally like like what like Looking back, Glee was crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like one day, one day we didn't have Glee, and the next day everybody had Glee, and like, there's not really much more to it than that. Like, it- I do have to be honest though. Like, what's so funny to me about Glee is that I think that the episodic writing is so good. But their problem is it wasn't like an episodic show where you could just like it's it wasn't like SVU where like each episode is like a different full storyline from beginning to end. Like it had like season to season plot lines, but they like did not do the seasonal like plot writing well. So like in one episode, like Quinn is in a wheelchair and the next one, she just like doesn't have it anymore. Like they like. Yeah. Or or when Artie gets like the mechanical legs. Like like 12 seconds of Christmas. Yeah, no, just and then they're gone. It was just like the Christmas episode. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> the 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 scene by scene writing is so good, but the plot writing as like an overarching thing from in each season is like it's literally so not there. Probably because they were like biting off more than they could chew. Yeah, well, they like lightly touched on this, but it sparked like a lot of thoughts for me. Is that like TV today? Like a lot of the movies or not movies shows we watch and stuff especially on streaming services are only for like six episodes a season eight episodes a season 10 12 like max 12 you know like seasons are quite short but back on network television you had to have 22 episodes a season so I think it was also probably like 
much harder to kind of carry a plot, you know, have these kind of plot lines that are just episodic, but also have these overarching plot lines that can last for 22 episodes. Like that is a long amount of time. And they didn't have a writer's room for the first two seasons. It was just Ryan Murphy and his like two colleagues. Also, I really want to see the um, Warbler spinoff. Oh my god, I know. Or, like, they were talking about, like, in the pilot, how, like, the, like, rough cut of the pilot had, like, a scene of, like, Matthew Morrison being a disco baby. I was like, I want that. And I also want um, Matthew Morrison as a meth addict. I know. (laughs) That was, like, so funny. No, like, were we robbed is the question we have to ask ourselves, right? Like, and the answer is yes. I do really like what Ryan Murphy said, though, when he was like, people like to watch things about other people experiencing, like, first times. I feel like that's so accurate. No, 100%. And, like, Glee was just fun. Like, and, like, even when they dove in on serious topics, it was never too serious. Which I think actually, like, now looking back is, like, a problem that the show had. But that's, like, looking through a 2022 lens. But I think, like, at the time, they really, like, found a way to talk about serious stuff in a way that was still, like, lighthearted and fun. Or, like, digestible for people. Yeah. And especially, like, a lot of the viewers were, I mean, I was young. Like. Yeah. They had a young viewership. But, like. Well, we were, like. Especially when it's, like, the first time anyone's talking about these issues. On, on TV. Yeah. But overall, I'm excited to see where the podcast goes. Yeah, me too. I, like, I go in and out with, like, how often I listen to podcasts, but I think this is going to really bring me back in, because I wasn't sure about the episode, and then once I listened to it, I was like, wait, I love this. Um. Also, my thought process around the whole thing that I was thinking about a lot is, like, how are they going to handle, like the Leah Michelle and the drama of it all because in the episode they kept saying like well after Naya's death we all got to like gather around and like talk about what what each other did that bothered us and I'm like are they gonna go into that or was that like so intimate and emotional for them that they're not going to but like to me they were alluding to the fact that they were all like telling each other what how each other hurt them if that makes sense yeah I mean who knows I guess we'll see like as what guests show up and you know the they keep putting out episodes but I'm excited like I think it's gonna be like a good amount of like the behind the scenes tea but also like I don't know kind of like insightful information about what it's like to have this experience and be on a show like that and be so young and you know all those things absolutely okay our last topic is Julia Fox because oh I know that you're like such a stan but like I have to just say like the way that she's bridging the gap between celebrity and influencer is so interesting to me because she's like not an influencer. She's a celebrity, but she's like on TikTok walking down the streets of New York, like not looking her best, not in like full glam. Like she's gorgeous, but like, you know what I mean? Just like talking face to cam, like how any other like shit posting TikToker would, which I think is so interesting. Um, You know, obviously she had done uncut gems and everything, but in terms of real popularity, that was kind of her push to stardom. And back then I had said to you, like, I have never seen someone so unashamedly 
believe they are giving at every moment, whether or not they are. And that is true confidence. Like, yeah. She believes she's giving, so therefore I believe she's giving. She is giving. She said she was giving. Like, I believe it. So it's like her walking down the street, I'm like, sweet, she's slaying. And then I'm like, oh, I can walk down the street and slay. Like, exactly. no way. She gives this, like, era, era of confidence, but also, like, she's not trying, but also she's just, like, normal. Yeah, and, like, she talks about, like, real things. Where I feel like so many celebrities like parse their words and you know, like don't want to dip their toes into too many like scandalous topics. But she says whatever the hell she's thinking, she speaks her truth. She's honest, and she seems to like have a very like I don't know good grasp on the world. Yeah, and, like I every time she posts something, I'm like I love this. But I think it's not even like the bridging the gap between influencer and celebrity but I think it's like a furthering of this trend that I think has been like ebbing and flowing for the past couple of years which is like the idea of like the accessible celebrity which is like on some level like what influencers are but like who's like an example of someone doing that well okay like someone not doing that well is like Harry Styles right like he's an inaccessible celebrity like he will not even like he talks in circles in interviews and like does not divulge anything does not give anything away but then you have people like the kardashians who not only do they have a reality tv show but then like you know kylie jenner started a youtube channel and you know like they're doing more things to become accessible or even like will smith pre oscars drama became like a youtuber for a hot minute and like I think that was a move because prior to that, like movie stars and stuff were really inaccessible, right? Like we only got to see them on press tours for a new movie on red carpets and in the movie and at award shows. We didn't have this like other space to get to know them. Yeah. So I think she's like the prime example of that, of like, she's not only utilizing TikTok for like, her fan base and stuff to get to know her but she's also talking about shit that she thinks matters and I agree with her matters and I don't know I think she's like it's so cheesy but it's like the whole like stars they're just like us but like in such a real way you know like I I actually I love her I think she's slaying everything she does is perfect to me you know and like I just like again it's like someone who's so themselves and like refuses to believe that like they're not killing it (laughs) like when she was doing like back like a couple months ago when she was doing like random photo shoots in the middle of the streets like are you kidding me like that's amazing no it's so good like she if you like told her like you're not slaying I don't even think that like she would just be like what that's what I'm saying like I It's so obvious that, like, you know, I think everyone has a bit of insecurity, right? Like, even, like, the hottest people in the world, even when they feel good in an outfit, might, like, you know, feel uncomfortable under certain circumstances or whatever. But I think, like, she's one of those people who just, like, genuinely is, like, no, I'm giving. And she means it. Like, she, it's not, like, a fake it till you make it thing. Like, she, every fiber of her being believes that at all times she's saying and 
that makes everyone else buy into it. That makes me buy into it. I'm like, I don't even know if she's objectively like killing it or not right now. Like I couldn't tell you, she but just, she has convinced me that she is. It's like fake it till you make it. It's like confidence is such a thing that like if you start acting like I am fucking slaying it, other people are just going to think so. Because like – No, literally. Like if you just act like – it's the same thing as like if you walk into a restaurant that you don't have a reservation at but you kind of like act like you're supposed to be there. You know what I'm but saying? But that's the thing. It's like it's not even like just acting like it but it's like act like it and also find a way to actually believe it. Yeah. Because that's the thing with her where she – sells this air of confidence but it doesn't feel phony it doesn't feel like it's fake it till you make it because it's so obvious that she believes it I agree and it's like you have to figure out a way to believe your own like like persona I don't know but I love her I agree 100% icon living I think that was everything I wanted to talk about did you have anything else Oh my god. No, not really. I, think that was <laughs> I have like no time. thoughts these days because I'm just sick, sick, sick in bed. No, all right. Well, I'm going to let you go so you can go get better. But thanks. Oh, wait. For- I did want to say, though, so oh, many yeah. people reached out to me about my dissertation. Yay. The Swifties. Was so nice. Swifties. Any Swifties, any music fans in general, especially if you run like a fan account or anything, please DM me on Instagram if you want to be a part of my dissertation starting January to March I'm going to be doing interviews and surveys but all the people who reached out to me already thank you so much I've written down all your info so nice of you guys it's just going to be everything it's going to be everything and also then you're coming to London and we can do London pop culture I can't wait we're going to dive in it's going to be so fun there's so much going on here it's crazy well guys we love you thanks so much for listening and we'll see you on the next Ronnie recap Thanks for having me again, guys. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.